Season four, Kaylee. Season four, and it's so full of guest stars. <laughs> I saw like the the pictures of the first couple of episodes, and I was like, guest star, guest star, guest star, guest star. Catchphrase, catchphrase, catchphrase. Yes. <laughs> um, but like in, uh, I don't know, in true podcaster background, Kaylee and I are kind of struggling editing our podcasts. Let's let's be real. We struggled with recording our podcast for season three. That's true. <laughs> That's true. But I'm yeah, having a hard time editing. Um, Kay, Kay texted me and she was like, next episode is not going to be ready. And I was like, oh, thank goodness. That gets me more time for the next episode. Because <laughs> we do trade off at least. Yeah. Uh, but if anyone is out there listening and you're interested in being a Steven for us. <laughs> That's a my favorite murder reference. Yes. <laughs> we would appreciate yeah. uh, somebody who would like to unpaid record, or I'm sorry, edit our, our uh, podcast for us. Not sure why you would ever want to do that, but if that person is out there, we will send you our audio, and we will happily have you edit for us. Look, I got a, I got a professionally made logo for a very reasonable price. If you want 20 bucks an episode, I could maybe handle that for 10 episodes, just to see how it goes. <laughs> I think I could split that with you. Right? <laughs> okay. Like, I mean, the economy being what it is, and I don't have a cleaning lady, so oh, I can swing it. <laughs> I love a good cleaning lady. I'm jealous. Her name is Pam, and she's wonderful. Ooh, I've never met a Pam I didn't like. Yeah? Yeah. All right, well, um, we have so much to talk about this episode. Shall so we get to it? much. Let's do it. It's showtime. This is to, to the, the blueberry. blueberry. <laughs> I almost took myself out with the microphone. Oh my goodness, Kaylee. Her name is Kaylee, and she is a real life Sean who kind of <laughs> just took herself out of a with a microphone. That that makes her Alexis, and she's a real life Gus, and she tries to keep us uh, in hand. <laughs> we started this uh, Seg Rewatch podcast, so we had a good reason to chat with one another once a week, and it's working. It's out been awesome, very well, but. This episode is season four, episode one, Extradition, British Columbia. I need to start right there, Kaylee. First of all, is that a pop culture reference? Second of all, what does extradition mean? So you extradite someone when you want to arrest them, but they're in another country and the country extradites them to the country where the crime was committed for prosecution. So it doesn't really make sense in the context of this episode as we see it, but his most of the crimes that he will now be prosecuted for occurred in lots of other countries, so I'm pretty sure everyone's going to have their day. Also, it has to be, but it's too vague. It's yeah. too vague a reference. It's like a, a word, like uh, exploration or expedition or blah, colon, a place. And I'm just like, it's it's like the name of a thing under the title of a thing. Yeah. You know? It's like a sequel name. Yeah, I don't know. It sounded like something, but I didn't know what it was be. Uh, I didn't but... look up the trivia for this one either. I just, I was like, there was so much. <laughs> British Columbia, that's Vancouver, right? This is where they're actually recording. The or, North or... Pacific Northwest. Yeah. <laughs> this is where they actually shoot all the episodes, but. <laughs> so <laughs> there are a couple times in this episode where I'm like, they don't look cold. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a fun fact about that when we get there. So I'm excited. Okay, okay. I, I was gonna try and find some fun facts as yeah. we go along. So let's do it. Well, we start in 1989 and Henry is on the phone with Sean's teacher. As Sean runs into the room. There was no art assignment turned in for him. And so all of the other little baby uh, art assignments are hanging up and there's an empty spot waiting for them. Because there's an open house at the school tonight, like a parents night. Right. And uh, Sean's like, I fully remember turning that in. Someone must have stolen it. So someone would break into your school and steal just your project? Why is that? Because it's the perfect crime. Oh, man, does that peep off Henry? Oh, like that's a trigger right there. We see it later. It's a trigger. <laughs> he goes, sit. And he goes to the cabinet and he gets out all these art supplies and he says, Sean... 
there is no such thing as a perfect crime. Yeah, he gives him his art supplies, and he's like, you've got 45 minutes before we leave for the open house. Make something pretty. (laughs) (laughs) We get to present day, and we open up on um, the SBPD, and Sean and Gus are going into Chief Vic's office. They, like, bust in in their stripes and plaid. Okay, I've got a couple of these throughout the episode. Just a couple that really stood out, and this one stood out to me. Okay, full I like that. They uh, they immediately start by insulting Lassiter and saying, is your hair starting on its own cult? He has a very short haircut. Which I like. I I don't care what his hair does. Have you seen Timothy Amundsen with long hair? <sighs> yeah. <laughs> so he can do no wrong in the follicle department. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's working. I'm just going to stop there. Stop now. Chief Vic is in the middle of his performance review. I'll thank you not to interrupt us, Mr. Spencer. That's a weird thing to thank us for, but you're welcome. (laughs) And in the spirit of thanks, how about giving us an advance on our next case? Hard no from Chief Vic. Oh yeah, because there might not even be a next case. Lassie's very quick to point out that they don't even actually work for the department. But Sean puts his hand to his head and psychically realizes that there will be something else in the future. Maybe there's something I know that you don't know. She's... She's not swayed at all. No? Okay. <laughs> and uh, then the Lassie goes, and how are you out of money? Well, they have a big ski vacation planned. Yeah. There's a whole thing about how Sean has no possessions and no expenses, both of which are factually inaccurate. He's got a motorcycle, presumably a place to live. and Which we, we do see later on in the season. Oh, okay. So, um... Gus agreeing with that also makes no sense. Like, I know he mooches off of Gus a lot, but he does clearly have possessions and expenses. Mm -hmm. Chief Vic is like, uh, it's summer. Where do you plan on going on a ski vacation? Oh, Canada. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, how to bring this in? (laughs) That was perfect. Uh, The boys are at in Canada. There's snow falling. They are covered head to toe in their skiing gear. There are people skiing all around them. The skiing gear. Yeah, it's ugly. Well, it's in stripes and squares. (gasps) (laughs) But Gus is wearing the squares and Sean is wearing the stripes. Oh my gosh, I didn't even realize that. And we're at a place, a resort called like Whistler, British Columbia. Yes. Whistler, British Columbia, is an actual place. And when it's summertime in Santa Barbara, it is also summertime in Whistler, Canada, British Columbia. Uh, And their ski season doesn't start until November. That's fun. So there would be be no snow. There would be no skiing at that time. I have a memory that is wrong of the boys sort of striking a pose when Chief asks where they're supposed to find snow of like them like striking a pose and it reminds me do you remember the disney channel movie i forget the name of it but they go surf wyoming and it's these really stupid guys who get roped into being like doing something at a national park (laughs) is it like meet the diggles or i don't know they're like these surf bros it's terrible but like i don't know that's all i could think of okay Millennial problems. I definitely thought you were going to go Johnny Tsunami with it. Huh. Which is another Disney Channel movie where he it was a surfer and now he's a snowboarder. Oh. Okay. But still. Um, the famous so- Jet Jackson is in that movie <laughs> with him. Yes, he is. Oh, my God. He was so pretty. He was. <gasps> so um, they're not skiing, but Sean is drinking a cup of hot chocolate and uh that cup of hot chocolate represents the end of their vacation money we've been here for four hours how are we out of money the american dollar was not as strong as i anticipated um apparently the whole trip was booked on a credit card specifically gus's credit card because sean doesn't have a credit card also these girls walk by and they're all like hi and sean's like hi hi they would have been all up on those honeys, but he is now spoken for. Yeah, he says something really weird. He's like, I-, I would have had us dialed in with them tonight. What does that mean? But Gus is like, what? Gus realizes that he has been talking about Abigail this whole time that they've been on the vacation. and says, 
why didn't you bring her on this trip? It's guy time. We're best friends. Like, um, also, who's that? So my notes here say, um, Sean says it's because they are BFFs and no girl can get in the way of that relationship. As I said last time, this is really just a Sean and Gus love story. It really is, as it should yeah. be. Yeah. It's also kind of another kind of love story, but... Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes, there is another kind of love story here. <laughs> um, okay, yes, who is that? Kaylee, it is freaking Carrie Elwes. Okay. That's who it is. Um, I'm very warm. he disappeared from my life and then he reappeared and then i feel like with some other actors this was sort of a like comeback moment like i i remember starting to see him more and in things again and then he put a book out and then it was very like i was like you're around more again and i think this show sparked it i really do i love that i don't know if that's factual but Mm -hmm. i feel it before we move on to to this, uh, if you don't know oh. Carrie Elvis, <laughs> as if they uh, w- oh God, get off this podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so the Princess Bride, obviously, Robin Hood Men in Tights. He had a uh, he was the evil villain in um, Ella Enchanted for our young listeners. He was also in the Francis Ford Coppola Dracula with. Ah. <laughs> With Winona Ryder, Keanu Reeves, Gary Oldman, just randomly, Carrie Elwes, the possibly, honestly, in my mind, like the most serious out of the the name of people I just <laughs> named at the time that that movie was filmed. Um, what else did he randomly show up in? He randomly shows up in some stuff around that time mm-hmm. that I'm just like, oh, he's there too, I guess. <laughs> I. Uh- I think I've said it before on this podcast, but The Princess Bride is probably my favorite movie of all time. And it's, yeah, I, it's freaking Carrie Elwes. And that movie, for the record, is one of those instances that the movie is better than the book. It just is. It has every Retweet. good part from that book and it elevates it. Because it's fine. It's fine, but it's not the film. Like... It'll stand the test of time. It's got Andre the Frickin' Giant in it. Like, honestly, you couldn't you couldn't do better. I remember you gave me The Princess Bride, the book. It was his memoir. <laughs> it was Carrie. Oh, no, 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 no. No, no, you gave oh, me the book. Oh, I gave you, you the you book? You also gave me his memoir. But you gave me The Princess Bride, the book, and you literally put, like, marks in it. And you were like, start reading it here. Skip this chapter. Like, you jacked it up for me so I would read it. And it was so, like, I was so happy that you did that because I missed all the boring stuff that way. Yeah. But I mean, it's later not on, like you the did movie. give me his memoir, which is called As You Wish. Yes. And it is centered around how pivotal that movie was for him. As, uh, as Kaylee said earlier, Sean said, who is that guy? I, I know, know him. him. And Sean goes through many, many flashbacks. We get a full, like, persona non grata of, like, the last season, complete with some audio from last season that is very haunting. Where we end up is Lassie's perp wall from the Lassie did a bad, bad thing episode. There, is, there are two pictures on his perp wall of this guy that said, Pierre Despero. I don't know why I said it like that. Pierre Despero. It's fine, because Sean never can say this name. So, Sean calls Lassie, of course. Gus remembers the perp wall from the time they were in Lassie's apartment as the time that Lassiter killed that guy. I'm still not sure he didn't kill that guy. (laughs) And Sean calls Lassie to ask what the name Pierre Despareux means to him. Have you snuck into my apartment? Dude, please. It's been weeks since I sent, snuck into your apartment. And by the way, we're out of peanut butter. We get the, the skinny on uh, Pierre Despero. He is an art thief. He is dangerous. And Sean and Gus are like, well, Sean specifically is like, is there some sort of reward or finder's fee if we find him? That question's never really answered because Lassie screams about jurisdiction and how Sean is to do nothing next. And, um... Sean hangs up on him. He and Gus do this whole suit up 
thing with their ski gear. <laughs> oh, and then they and they do so with Trouble by Pink playing in the background. Well, they suit up, and then Gus is like, "What now?" And Sean goes, "I have a foolproof plan to smoke him out." And then he just yells, "Pierre!" <laughs> and Pierre looks over. So then they chase him. And my caption said rock music, but yes, it's Trouble by Pink. Uh huh. Um, there is a ski chase scene. The boys cannot see ski. Pierre definitely can. Gus wishes they would have taken a second ski lesson, but Sean <laughs> said, remember what the instructor told us. Pizza slice to slow down, french fries to speed up, which is 100% how I was taught to ski, Kaylee. I was never taught to ski, so way to go, Gus. <laughs> they feel like they're doing good, but uh, there's only one move that they can't follow. And he just made it. What? The slow, gentle turn? And then the boys go over the side of a mountain and end up stuck on a paved road. And this is the scene where I was like, yeah, everything looks a little steamy. Our boys don't look cold. <laughs> <laughs> it's because it's not really winter time. No, it's not winter time. Also, um, um, Sean still has his hot chocolate and said, guess what this means? This just became a write-off. Sip, sip. And then we get our credits, which they use that, that, that scene of Lassie popping the casing and catching it in his hand from the Lassie did a bad, bad thing episode. Mm-hmm. I like that scene. Anyway. <laughs> uh, we are, we open to the RCMP. Does that stand for the Royal Canadian Metropolitan Police? Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Mounted Police. Yeah. Hence them being Mounties. Yes, Dudley Do-Right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, they are talking to their own Dudley Do-Right. That would be Corporal Robert, whose last name I never wrote down. Oh, I only wrote down his last name because okay, I intermittently good. call him R. Macintosh or R. Mac, or sometimes just Mac. Like <laughs> uh, I call him um, C.R. the entire time, as in Corporal Robert. Aww. But I like Macintosh better. Sean still can't pronounce his name, but when they finally get him Gus out- Gus can. <laughs> When when Gus finally gets it out, Sean goes, uh, 11 O's, I believe, at the end of that. <laughs> Gus can spell the French. But Mac gets up to find something, and the boys are bickering about, like, how are we supposed to trick another department? And Sean says, I've done it once, I'll do it again. And Gus is like, we are in a foreign land. And Sean's like, not really. And then blah, blah, blah. So he calls out to Robert. He calls him Robert here, but we hear him, his boss yell at him Macintosh all the time. Uh-huh. That's where I got it. So he's like, listen, we've worked with the police. We're very good at our jobs. We have experience here. And then Gus says, we've solved over 47 episodes. Also, I'm a pharmaceutical rep, if that means anything to you. 47 episodes is what you said. Oh, dang it. 47 cases. (laughs) Because there have been 47 47 episodes. episodes. For the win. I love it. There's a lot of little in-jokes here that you have to look up to know, but I appreciate them nonetheless. We've solved 47 episodes. I like that. And I love the pharmaceutical. (laughs) Just slide it in there. If that means anything to you. So he's like not really getting it. And they're like, have you ever seen The Mentalist? Sean's like, it's like that. Except that guy's a fake. (laughs) Yeah. If I was a fake, it would be eerily similar. The Mr. Corporal, is there another lineup? There's another lineup, right? Yeah, there is. Oh, then I didn't catch it. Sorry. Oh, Gus is like exactly the same. And Sean's like, a virtual carbon copy. <laughs> the shade is real. <laughs> yes, I love it. Corporal is still a little bit skeptical. And Sean has a very dramatic psychic freak out. Yeah, I mean, Armac is being really sweet here. He's trying to like be like, look, this isn't the States. We're a little more skeptical about this sort of thing. And yeah, we get epic psych out and he's just like doing like a like a full body spasm and and our Mac is like, what is happening? And Gus tells him he's he's having a psychic episode. One guy bikes, this woman uh, has a kid who has just started walking, to which Gus goes, Hello. <laughs> She's very pretty. <laughs> and then that uh Robert has lots of good ideas, and no one ever listens to him. And Sean says, give me your mitts, buddy. And he reads this, and then he goes, stay the course. You'll have your day. Robert McIntosh runs into his boss's office, the the essential chief of of the RCMP. Our chief is better. Uh. Yes, agreed. 
Gus is like, oh my gosh, Sean, no more guesses. You need to pull out something real here. Uh, the guy starts walking towards them and Sean's like, I've got nothing. What have you got? Nothing. And then <laughs> Sean sees a giant happy birthday Ed banner walking just, behind him. Just walking behind the the Ed and the Mac of it all so they can't see what's happening. And Gus is like, no, no, don't do, no, don't do that. It's risky. It's too risky. <laughs> Sean divines that there is some sort of birthday or anniversary coming up and he goes, are you kidding me? Wait, that's not right. This is where we get the yes, no, yes, no. Yes. Oh, yeah. This is the funny no. That's what I have written in the margin. Um, yeah, he says, are you kidding me? And Sean's like, no. And Gus is like, yes. yes. And then we get the rapid fire. And then the last no is no. <laughs> but Canada is in, baby. They love this. They're like, yes. sold. You're amazing. Uh, super, super so much that they... Um call Lassie and say, hey, I'm here with a couple of fellas you work for. There's a lot of this in this episode. Um, yeah, he says that you have some kind of file for this Despero character. We're going to need you to send those up for Detective Spencer. Des- Detective Spencer and I would be much obliged. Lassiter, like, comes in hot. Like, you need me. I've got the experience. I'm the closest anyone's ever come to catching this guy. And he's like... Real hot and bothered. And Ed's like, you're going to need to take that up with your superior, Sonny Jim. Who, in uh, Ed's eyes, is Sean. So Sean gets on the phone. And uh, Lassie's like, I will be there. I have 325 days of vacation time built up. I'm going to be there soon. I'll see you in five hours. And hangs up the phone. And then he looks straight at Chief and O'Hara, who are in the room with him. And he goes, Chief, I've got a favor to ask you. Which is funny because in the very next scene, it's Lassiter and Juliet getting off of a bus. And Lassie is very upset that they will not bring, let him bring his gun. Oh, Jules roasts him super hard. He's like, I'll, I'll, I'll get one maybe at the hotel. And she's like, yeah, in the gift shop where they definitely have a 9mm Luger. He thanks her very, very much for letting her use his miles to get to Canada. Letting him use her miles? Yeah. There's a lot of her pronouns. Her miles. No. Letting him. Letting her for letting him use her. Yeah. I think what I said is right, but it's okay. Lassiter, Lassiter is thankful that Juliet uh, offered to use Juliet's miles to get them there. And then Juliet was like, well, thank you for inviting me. You wouldn't have let me use your miles if I hadn't invited you. Invited you. So it's, it's fine. She's still, she's still touched. Juliet gets a call, and they need to take the sea taxi to False Creek because Pierre has made his first strike. So Sean's just, like, standing on something, vibing in the room, and everyone's just sort of watching him be weird. Robert McIntosh stops Lassiter, and uh, he goes, I'm sorry, I can't let you in. I have express orders. You work for Mr. Spencer? They have to check with head detective Spencer before he lets them in. Who has just and quoted something straight from one of Lassiter's reports. But they like, they like it in. Sean thinks that there is uh, something specific missing and he is feeling all the crime ions right here. And he points at this like display case. Yeah, crime ions. Write, Write that, that down. down. <laughs> and then he goes, oh, hi, Juliet. You look normal and stuff. I got nothing. And then um, Ed is like, hey, this is Stockwell, the the ownery guy. And Sean's like, glad to meet you. May I call you Gibby? Uh, my first name is Randolph. I've heard it both ways. <laughs> Sean is confused why this man has this necklace, because it would be kind of weird for him to wear. Yeah, Jules actually checks in with Gus at this point, and she's like, um, is he okay? And Gus is like, he's definitely been better. He's, like, really fumbling through this. We do find out that that, uh, that necklace has never been worn, and it is worth $3.5 million. Okay, <laughs> this guy, this guy is chewing the scenery. Fun fact, he's the mean teacher who dies in, if you're so smart, then why are you dead? Oh. Yeah. So, he's always having money trouble, <laughs> apparently. But this guy really chews up the scenery on the few lines that he does get. He's like, this, is, this necklace is a Edwardian baroque. 
it has never touched human skin. Which, if it's from the Edwardian Baroque period of anything, they definitely weren't careful enough to not let it touch human skin ever. Sean's like, he also took that painting. And he points at this spot where there's obviously a missing painting on the wall. You fool! I sold that painting two weeks ago! Lassie's like, there's no fourth century, there's no prince, but there is one burning cigarette. And that is his signature move. As long as it's a merchantus blonde, which is like a mer mermaid songstress, like a siren, a blonde siren. Is that what, <laughs> is that the translation I'm seeing? <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Sean kind of wanders off because he sees like a little flower moving. I wrote quivering orchid. <laughs> yeah. Now, if we're going to play the Sean might actually be psychic game, I think it's quite possible that Sean didn't really notice the flower, but he went wandering because he knew there was something going on. Yeah, he's like, vibes, I'm vibing, I'm vibing. And then he's like, corporeal clue that I've just magically found. <laughs> uh -huh. I uh, The window's open. A crack, just the teeniest little bit that's making the orchid quiver. <laughs> He walks back over. Lassie's kind he of just He leans out first. Things. Oh, yes. And he sees Pierre climbing up over the roof. Okay. <laughs> for a... Spoiler alert. For a dude who doesn't actually magically steal things, he did an awful lot of climbing for no reason. <laughs> he is incredibly limber. I agree. <laughs> He's just like, he's also like an adrenaline junkie, like Tom Cruise. So he's like climbing glass buildings and jumping off of high things. Like, that's my running theory about Despero. As Lassiter's talking to everyone, he notes that Pierre um, comes into town, usually with an arsenal of aliases, usually named after famous artists. But Sean breaks in and says, pardon me, if everyone would like to adjourn to the roof, the psychic criminal catching portion of the day is about to begin. Only Gus follows him out of this room. Yep. On the roof. It's Despero! There's Despero. Uh, and Despero said, Mildly impressive that you found me here. A marked improvement from your harlequinade antics on the slopes. <laughs> He's such an ass. <laughs> and it's kind of beautiful. It's beautiful. Here's what, here's what he's doing. He's being Prince Humperdinck from The Princess Bride. He's very yep. snooty and snorty and very posh. Gus said, in my defense, I have two left knees. <laughs> I have two left knees. And Sean's like, even more impressive, in about 15 seconds, a fierce, albeit gunless, American police officer and his striking snow bunny partner, and I mean that in no way salaciously, um, and about half of the RCMP are going to storm this roof and take you down. Wait for it. Pierre's face is just like, sure. He's like, I really would love to, but I really have to go. And Gus is like, where do you think you're going? He stands on the ledge of the building. And then he said that he's going to his room. And now it's your turn to wait for it. <laughs> he puts on his goggles. He turns around and he jumps off the building. Sean's like, okay, no. That's more impressive. <laughs> <laughs> He's trying to tell everybody at the R RCMP that he was here. Um, and Gus is just like flabbergasted. And he goes, and he jumped off from a handstand. He keeps exaggerating. And he's like, and he's like, yeah, he jumped off and he escaped. And, and he had a wingsuit. <laughs> like, Gus, stop adding to it. They already don't believe us. <laughs> they get a call or a radio or something. And someone is seen coming off of the service elevator, and they think that's him. And they're all ready to leave. He's like, that's not him. He jumped off the roof. And Mac is just like, dude, I believe you 100%, except for the thing about the flying man. And then he just gets screamed at, so he follows his boss. The boys are having a walk and talk on their way to dinner in this swanky restaurant. Fancy. Gus is like, um, this place is a little... Sean says, exclusive. And Gus <laughs> says, mm, more like. Dark, cozy, romantic, kind of sexy. 
you say all of those words like they're bad things and you have to book a reservation at this place like a month out. You invited me on this trip on Friday. It's irrelevant. Look, what's important is, dude, 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 it's him, it's him. Pierre is sitting at a table and actually waves the boys over to join him. And they're like, we definitely shouldn't go over there. And then they're over there. Which is my favorite physical trope. (laughs) (laughs) We found you, so it looks like we won. Despero says, I am neither known nor wanted in this country. I am at best a person of interest in the place where I do my work. Such is the curse of my talent. (laughs) He's so, ah, everything about Pierre this episode. (laughs) I love it. And he, he actually goes on to say, since I've taken the time to find you, please don't spoil it with rudeness. Is that a reference? I have no idea, but he's it's being, slick. He's being Prince Humperdinck so bad that every time he says something, I'm like, is that a reference? Is that a quote? Is that a direct quote? <laughs> I, I don't think so. but I, I need really... to watch that movie right now. Pierre's like, listen, I have really enjoyed our time together, but you're way out of your league. You'll never catch me. It's impossible. I wanted someone to say inconceivable this whole damn episode. (laughs) This whole damn episode. (laughs) Which makes what should be an exciting life somewhat pedestrian. Okay. You'll never catch me. It's impossible. I love that line because there's so much foreshadowing in that line that you don't realize is there. I don't, well. Okay, I felt like there's so much foreshadowing there. I mean, he he's very arrogant and he thinks it's impossible. Spoiler, it's not. Because Sean is a psychic. He's a fake real psychic! He is a fake real psychic. <laughs> and um, Pierre is a fake real art thief. I love that! He is a fake real art thief! He is. Oh, okay, okay. So he says, this is so fun and you pose so little threat to me. I'm going to tell you exactly what I'm going to do for the next three days. Here it is. First, I'm going to steal a Manet. Then I'm going to make you look foolish again. Then I'm going to treat myself like a king. And he writes it down like on the back of a business card and gives it to Sean. And Sean's like, okay, well, here's my plan. And he gets a marker that Sean, that Gus apparently just has with him. Why does Gus now have a marker with him for no reason? I don't know. And they write, on a, <laughs> they write on a napkin and he goes, first I'm going to get some of that maple candy that everyone's talking about. And then I'm going to get myself a walking stick. And he elaborates on that. And he goes, and finally I'm going to catch an international art thief. Could be you. Maybe not. But you're on the top of the list right now. The maitre d' comes up and he's like, are you writing on our cloth napkins? Like, what kind of animal would do that? I was really expecting him to make, like, an America, like, take a shot. But he didn't. He didn't go that far. Yeah. This guy is also a character from something else. Something um, else in Psych? In, in Psych. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, he was the manager of a restaurant. No. The manager of the restaurant played a hotel attendant in Psy versus Psy. Oh, he was the guy at the place where they were like, he could be in any room. The guy, the counterfeiter. Blah. Oh. I didn't realize that myself. I just, I looked it up. It was a fun fact. I like that. Um, behind them comes a, a baked Alaska. Flaming. Oh, it's a beautiful dessert. They're both uh, completely distracted. They turn around and he's gone. And John says... I'm afraid we fell for the flaming baked Alaska diversion trick again. I'm not surprised. If a flaming baked Alaska... Look, you could be holding up the person in the fast food line in front of me. But if somebody walks by me with a flaming baked Alaska, my eyes are following that. I just need to know the first time it happened, which I would like to be another story from the comic Psych Man. Ooh... Yeah, that should definitely be one of the... Every reference they make to a thing that we don't actually see on camera should be part of the comic book, for sure. I agree. There's a whole, like, oh, what are you going to do, Sean? Are you just going to psychically divine about the Manet? And That would be cheap. 
We are better than that. And then in the very next scene, he does. Cut to psyching out about the Manet. And John Manet. <laughs> Edward. Whatever he said. <laughs> so Ed is like, Ed the constable, deputy man. He's like, how sure are you about this? It's as if he wrote it down on a piece of paper and put it in my hand. So we end up on a stakeout at night at the docks. It's a houseboat, and apparently on said houseboat there is a Manet, and it's the only one in town. We learn that Mac has a full binder of all the things of interest he thinks might be stolen by Despero while he's in town, because we know that he does a series of thefts. And I even used my bind it all, <laughs> but there wasn't a Manet on that list. And then your girl detective there did a little more digging and found this. I hate that line. I do hate that. But we get from Juliet that there is a billionaire um, named Pulver. A uh, millionaire. Millionaire, former billionaire, living on his yacht. And he's got an extensive art collection. That was a little play that Lassie and Jules did because he keeps correcting her in this scene. Before this next part happened, my brain went, Juliet has on a sweet hat. And Sean was like, what are you wearing? What, what are you doing with that hat? You look like Julie Christie from Dr. Zhivago. I mean, I think it looks nice. Because Juliet's like really defensive. She's like, I, I get cold. <laughs> Sean's just being real awkward. Juliet's but, um, like, what is the matter with you? We can still be friends. <laughs> Lassie doesn't care. He just wants a weapon. I don't care if it's a cane with a blow dart in it. I need something. Yeah, just in case it comes down to deadly force. Gus has to pee. Why couldn't you go at the hotel like I told you to? There were rose petals everywhere, all over the toilet. It was really freaking me out. <laughs> Sean's like, it's not weird, it's wonderful. Why would they do that? <laughs> so then so then everybody's like, shh, 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 there's a shadow. No, it's not a shadow, it's a person. And then Mac calls it in on his radio, and before he can hold off the dogs, the dogs attack, not real dogs, the, the cops, um, of... I almost called it Canadia. <laughs> the police force of Canada um, get this man. He's just a random old guy to which we get a full false alarm, false alarm. But it's too late. He was already here. Sean sees a creepy clown painting that is definitely not a Monet. No, he's like a sad shrugging clown. It's very, yeah. it's very uh, on the nose. But <laughs> then we get a, I, call, I called it a talk and carriage ride. <laughs> I just, I, I skipped over part of this because Sean is spitballing. But Gus is just like, why are we on this carriage ride? What is going? <gasps> you were going to invite Abigail on this. All of this is too romantic. What are you doing, Sean? Sean admits it. Um, she had to cancel on him last minute. And that's when he invited Gus. And Gus is mad. I was an afterthought. Sean, Sean's like, don't get out of the carriage. It's cold out there. There are probably raccoons. You need to just stay here with me and we'll finish the ride. I'm not getting out. I paid for this ride. I'm going to finish it, but you're not. And then he pushes Sean out of the carriage. Without a blanket. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love, I love this next scene. I wrote down most of it. Okay, good. Because I wrote down none of it. I just wrote Sean on a solo walk and talk. Yeah, Sean's on a solo walk and talk exactly. And he goes, hello, raccoons. I know you're watching me. I don't blame you. I'd do the same thing if I was you. Oh. <laughs> and then he goes, okay, let's do it. Famous raccoons. Uh, Miko from Pocahontas. Yes, yes, Miko, check. Uh, Rocky Raccoon. Can we, can we get a confirmation on Rocky Raccoon? I, I believe it's Rocky Raccoon. <laughs> The way that Paul McCartney sings it. <laughs> and uh, then Sean sees what I end up calling the Space Needle because I don't know what it is. It's not the Space Needle, but it's a big in the sky building that looks like the Space Needle. I guess Vancouver has one. And then tells uh, the raccoons that he has figured out what's going on. And then he knows where Pierre is. And maybe they do want to know. I just wrote Sky Place. I wrote Sean crashes in. Um, he's with the guy at the front desk whose name is Bertrand Bertram um Bertram? it's a, it's an Agatha Christie reference 
Yeah, that's that's what it said. It was like, Despero's Hotel, the man working the desk is Bertram. Agatha Christie wrote a story called At Ben Bertram's Hotel. That's funny. Uh, but as long as we're talking about funny names, the hotel itself is named Gordon Mark Hotel. And Gordon Mark is one of the producers of the show. That's not the only thing they do. <laughs> so, do do do. Oh, he tells the guy that he lost his key. And can you please print him another one? And the guy's like, no problem. What room? What's the name? And Sean's just guessing artist aliases, but he doesn't know any actual artist names. He only knows like the famous last names and he keeps putting on like the wrong John. first name. Like <laughs> there's John Van Gogh and Jacques Hockestein Stein Stein And then he sees the reflection in the guy's um glasses and he goes, actually, it must be Edgar Degas. Of course he can say he can see Degas and he can sit pronounce it correctly, but he can't pronounce Despero. Yeah. That's a good point. My brain had a hard time with Van Gogh, just for the record. I read Van Gogh and I was like, I know that's not right. It, it's it's right in other countries. It's just not right here. <laughs> um, he said, oh, I'm sorry. My assistant makes all of the reservations. And she's on a lot of medication. She was recently diagnosed with Parvo. Parvo? Parvo is a dog disease. Uh, yes, my golden retriever is my assistant. She just has three giant buttons on her computer because she has big paws. I really should have let her go, but she was a rescue and I ha- don't have the heart to fire her. Yeah, at one point he goes, she's adorable, but incredibly dim. <laughs> then he just takes the key and walks away. Well, Sean sneaks into the room and he calls Gus on the cell phone. And he's like, dude, you'll never guess where I am. He's like, he's very broing out about it in the scene. It's so funny. He goes, it's going to be great. I'm going to snoop. I'm going to go all John Turturro from Miller's Crossing on him, and I'm going to sit in the chair and just wait till he comes in and then flick on the light, I'll wah. And then you and I are going to get Sundays? Does he say Sundays? I'm going to scare the ginger snaps out of him, and then we're going to go get Sundays. Apparently, that's supposed to be a reference to the Canadian horror film Ginger Snaps. Number one, I didn't know that film was Canadian when I saw it as a child. Number two, it's kind of a thin reference, but whatever. Oh, and he also goes, no, I never saw the end of that movie, Miller's Crossing. Why do you ask? And then the light turns on. It's Pierre, and he is pulling a John Turturro. He's got a very serious face on. Oh, Sean's like, uh, this isn't my room at Captain Do-Right. Sorry, it looks so much like mine. We get some scary Despero here. He's like... You know, I've never really been a fan of Miller's Crossing. All the gore and violence. Don't get me wrong, I appreciate a good murder, but why does it have to be so messy? Where's the elegance, the grace? Why can't people kill each other with a little panache? All the while, Pierre is packing up his suitcase, and Sean goes, uh, there wouldn't happen to be a Monet in that luggage, would there? And then he pulls out this, like, square mass... Uh, from the closet, and Sean sort of, like, flinches really bad. Oh, hold on. Before we get there. Before that, um, Pierre said, you know, you really should keep up at this detective business, Spencer. You have the hair for it, and that's half the battle. That was a really cute moment, I thought. (laughs) You have the hair for it. (laughs) I didn't want to miss a hair reference. Oh, yes, he pulls (laughs) out his, his scary item. And... Um, this is right after Sean has psyched out on a little dry clean ticket. That said it's... his laundry will be arriving on Tuesday. Dun dun. Pin. And um, Sean flinches really bad when uh, he comes out of the closet holding this mask. And <laughs> this bro laughs at him. He goes, did you think my Marco Chacon loafers were a gun? He puts his loafers into the suitcase and then he pulls out his real gun and says... A gentleman of leisure never packs his weapons next to his socks. It's uncouth. Oh no, Pierre is not going to kill him. That's too messy. And Sean has nothing on him besides his own word. He's very shaky He's not really much of a threat. Sean is both relieved and offended. And he gets ready to leave and then pulls a full-on Columbo and goes, One more thing. What day is today? 
Sunday. It is. All right, bye. That was for our benefit, but also love the Columbo of it all. Lassiter is leaving the RCMP, and uh, he's like, he 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 and Juliet run into Sean, and uh, Pierre, or he's like, hey, listen, Despero is out of here. He is ready to go, and Sean's like, no, no, he's not. He's gonna steal one more thing, and then Lassiter said, well, we found a private jet that was registered under one of his aliases, which and, Sean yeah, and- asks if that's Perry Picasso. <laughs> But this plane is across the border, so presumably a criminal has to cross the border to get the private plane? Sure, that's going to be easy. You can't just put people on the border on watch for him or anything. But Sean's like, no, 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 you don't understand. I spoke to him last night. What? Uh, in a vision. I was fully in a vision talking to him. And what was he doing when he came to you in a vision? Packing, actually. Because then, he was leaving town. No, 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 no. He was pretending. He was, It was a fake out. He was tricking me. Why would a guy leave if he has his dry cleaning being delivered on Tuesday? Trust me, he cares just as much about his pants as he does about thievery. And then Sean gets a psych out and, and they're not believing him. And he's like, oh my God, it was a mis- I was a smokescreen. He was using me as a smokescreen. Julia and Lester were like, this is a real lead deuces and sean is left standing there with a pigeon a pigeon (laughs) yeah he's like don't you want to hear my my plan and juliet's literally like skipping off to follow lassiter but we get corporal robert again and he's heating up some waffles yeah the butter looks awfully solid for some warmed up waffles but um sean is like (laughs) macintosh i need to see your book and also i'm going to eat these waffles Sean needs to figure out what the one other thing he's going to steal is. And so while looking through the book, he, in fact, ate all of his waffles and then was very impressed by the binding of the book. For the record, I was too. And then we see a picture that we zero in on, and it's a monarch crown. I didn't get a lot of the text, but monarch is a king. It's the king butterfly. It's the crown. It's a whole It's a whole thing. And um, we psych out to when Despero said, Despero said, I'm going to treat myself like a king. And Sean goes, that clever bastard. Who? Yeah, Sean asks about the gallery, the Bushlen Mowat Gallery. Pronounced incorrectly. Uh, Tell me about the security system there, Robert. Um, Well, it's government issued. I was actually on the team that helped install it. So kind of everything. Can you set it down? Uh... I have a shot at redemption for you, for recognition, but it's going to be dangerous and we're going to need Gus. Are you in? Wait, before you answer that, are you a fan of solving crimes? Yes. He's like, my man. And then they leave. (laughs) They're at the gallery and the last thing we see is, or the first thing we see is this dude leaving and he's carrying, or he's dragging along a suitcase and... Sean identifies him as the gallery owner who has just left. Which means it's closed. We can go in now. Are you going to steal the crown before Despero does? No, not st- not steal. Like, move it at best. Uh, how are we going to get in? That's why we have this. And he pulls on a walkie-talkie. And then he calls, he calls Macintosh Big Apple. Oh my god, I missed that. I Like, I remember him saying Big Apple, and I knew that I was calling him Mac, but I did not connect that dot until this minute. He said, Big Apple, come in. And it is it is Macintosh, and he is turning off the security system for them. Okay, so I fully don't have much for this, but they get in. No alarms are going off. Everything's been set down by uh, Macintosh. And then they come to a laser room. And we get a lot of entrapment, uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones references, Um, if you've never seen that movie, it's very sexy. Sean Connery's in it. It's great. So he makes, he basically walks Gus through doing the Catherine Zeta-Jones, um, laser moves, uh, from that movie. And it's so funny and it goes on for a very long time. Some of my favorite, uh, screams were, right hand green, right hand green. That's Twister, Sean. And spread your cheeks if you can. Abort cheek spreading. Oh my god. This is like this is like 
grinder pick sessions. <laughs> Sean is uh, pumped because Gus made it through the laser maze, and then he starts applauding and walks straight through the lasers. What? What? What was all that about? Oh, uh, Big Apple, shut those down. But now we know. If we ever need that, you've got it, buddy. What? <laughs> so. Um, they go to the box where the crown is usually kept, and Gus is like, so where is it? And Sean's like, it's in there. Like, at night when this place closes, the, the platform raises and encloses the crown, so it's even safer. And, uh, Big Apple was supposed to have disarmed that box. This was going to be the easy part. But as soon as they touch the glass, the alarm goes off. And they're like, it's fine. It's probably just a, a fake or something. We still have time. And then there are police at their backs. Yeah, like a full SWAT team. Sean did not believe Gus. He was like, there's nobody behind me. Stop stop that. I don't believe you. At the RCMP, Henry shows up for a, a good Henry moment and uh, bails out Sean. But not Gus. He didn't even know Gus was here. Why is Gus here? Sean used my one call to vote for American Idol. Um, And Henry's like... Getting a few of the details from Sean, and he's like, I was so close, and, but then, and Henry's like, yeah, but then, and he's like, but he was too good. It was the perfect crime. (sighs) Henry's just, like, angry, and then he goes, well, as close as you possibly can get to a a perfect crime. Henry says, it's only close if he makes it look like the perfect crime. Henry's like, okay, I'm going to use my credit card. I'm going to bail out Gus. I have a four o'clock salmon boat. If I miss this trip, this, or if I miss that, this trip is going to be a waste of time. So we go outside with our boys. Sean's noggin is a little tingly because Henry's magic too. Henry's psychic and doesn't know it. I'm just going to say it. It runs in the family. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Um, Big Apple is outside and he just got fired. Yeah. And Sean said, I feel like this is partially my fault. Gus says, it's entirely your fault. This was your idea. Max said, uh, actually, it probably would have just been a suspension, but the crown ended up going missing. Wait, what? Yeah, it was gone when they opened up the case. So he already had it. And then... He watched the museum close. The only way he could have taken it is if he had it all along. We start to get this idea bounce between the guys. They just jump up and down together. And <laughs> Macintosh is like, what am I witnessing here? <laughs> we get a flashback to that original theft where the guy said that he sold the painting. And then to that bickering moment between Lassie and Juliet where they were talking about the former billionaire, now millionaire. There's a full, he doesn't steal anything. They take Macintosh's helmet and run off. Still not sure why they took the helmet. He was holding the helmet while he was thinking, and then he just turned and ran, and Macintosh is like, that's my helmet! (laughs) The next line in my notes say, we can't do this scene justice. It's so beautiful. We can't. Okay. Okay. There's a boat by a dock. There's Sean standing behind some crates on the dock, And Despero, not even facing him, is like, Mr. Spencer, your learning curve is impressive. Sean does a full recap that ends with, the owner just handed it to you. As in, handed the stolen item. Oh, yeah. Because he says, I covered all my bases. There's no way you had time to actually steal that crown. But you didn't have to, because the owner just handed it to you. Pierre said, I knew you were a worthy opponent. Or no, no. He just said, I knew you were worthy. Which was, I think, a callback to Sean being Mr. Yang's worthy opponent. Oh, it 100% was. And then Sean was like, dude, I thought you were so cool. But you only look the part. He's like, you're not Thomas Crown. You're barely Remington Steele. What does that make me? Laura Holt? Do I look like a man who wants to be Stephanie Zimbalist? Maybe. (laughs) There's a full fake psychic moment. He he points out that everyone was having money troubles and they they just handed over the art to Despero to make it look like it was stolen so they could commit insurance fraud. And then he says something ableist, but like, I get it. He's just like, 
oh, that's not cool. That's not even a cool crime. Essentially, we get to it, and uh, Pierre's impressed, and he basically confesses to doing this. Sean asks him if he even has a pilot's license. <laughs> to, to which Despero says, I do. And is this where he takes out the gun? Yeah. And he says, now I feel I have to hurt you, which saddens me. <laughs> this entire time, Gus has been crouched down in the plane hiding because Gus thought that Sean was going to do the the recap in the plane. But that didn't happen. And Sean says, wave down the stewardess and get a mojito. (laughs) Despero says, the genius of my plan is in its simplicity, which I swear to God is from the Princess Bride. I swear. I have to watch that movie tonight. I have to. I didn't have time before this. He goes, and, and, and Sean says something, but I didn't write it down. And then Despero says, and don't forget, I got away with it. No, you didn't. In comes the brigade. Boom. Like, he is, like, snatched out of, like, like mid-pose by Lassiter. And he's like, I bet you're not too happy to see me. I have absolutely no idea who you are. Oh, you should have done more, Despero. You did that really well. His, Lassie's face is so defeated in that moment. And then, to make matters worse, Constable Ed says, your boss is really good. We don't work for him. And Juliet says, it just feels like that sometimes. As they're taking Pierre off, he said, Mr. Spencer, I've often fantasized about escaping from prison, you know? And as they walk him up the dock, Max face is hilarious he's just like (laughs) max face is surprised pierre has this huge smile on his face it's a big thing it's not the end i love recurring like villains in this show oh yes (sighs) yeah he is without without fail my favorite recurring villain there aren't a a there's maybe only like three or four but he is easily number one so this is another episode where we don't have any dead bodies. Oh, that's a good point. We didn't. Yeah, we didn't in the season finale, and we don't hear. Not even any attempted murders. Like, he's not really trying to kill Sean. No. He's grandstanding, is what he's doing. <laughs> They're buds. I'm going to say it! He's his, he's his Doug Judy. Have you seen Brooklyn Nine-Nine? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Doug Judy! <laughs> yes. Ah, oh, I love that show. Okay, so... Um, Sean and Juliet are on a rope bridge. Last scene. It is. It is a very special bridge to Canada. Okay. Sean and Juliet are on an impressive bridge. Uh, this is the Capilano Suspension Bridge in Vancouver. It is 230 feet above the Capilano River and is 1.5 football fields long at 459 feet. Wow. And it, cost six, it costs 63 to cross in uh, as of 2023. And annually, it is said that a million three hundred come to see it. Wow. No. One point three. I don't know. It's, it's, it's. One point three million? Something like that. One million three hundred thousand? Yes, that's the number I looked at. (laughs) (laughs) I don't deal with numbers that big in my line of work. (laughs) Juliet is like, dude, why did you bring me to the most romantic place on earth? He's like, dude, bro. We could totally make keep things platonic. That's it's fine. I refuse to feel uncomfortable around you. It's silly. You mean too much to me, and I am perfectly capable of keeping things platonic as long as you are. And she's like, I think I can handle that. She walks away a little bit, and Sean whispers to himself, But how? So Juliet's they cross like, the bridge. Show me about this perfect date. Show me what's going on. All right. We got a couple of things here. We've got a uh, large man singing opera. Fun fact, his name is Mark Donnelly. He sings O Canada on the regular for the NHL team, the Vancouver Canucks. Hey. <laughs> um, next in line, <laughs> we have a balloon animal man. Who has a sweet balloon hat. And he makes... Juliet, a little balloon doggy. 
Yeah, I think he makes her a poodle. It's very impressive. He's got a very pretty smile. And then finally, we have a mime. So is this the scene, this last scene, where we get our pineapple? Yep. So if you're if you're watching the mime, I wasn't sure if you were going to do the lines or not, but like Sean is like, I did not hire this mime. He's clearly doing his own thing here. And if you look right behind the mime to the right, there is a balloon animal pineapple standing behind him. Huh. It's very cute. That's adorable. Yeah. Also, the mime is is wearing what looks like latex gloves instead of white, like, cloth (laughs) gloves, and it's very creepy. That mime was creeping me out more than most mimes. They get to the end of their little show, and and they look at the bridge, and Sean said, little known fact, that bridge was built by wolves. And Julia just goes, really? (laughs) I love how she just, like, is okay with his shenanigans. Oh, yeah. Which, they said the word shenanigans in this episode, but I don't remember what the context was. I don't remember that. I would have yeah. written it down. I must have known. Oh, so when you... <laughs> that one scene where, where you said Sean is left with a pigeon when Lassiter and Jules don't believe him and leave. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's a stupid trivia line about that. It's like, at the end of a scene, Sean stays in character and says, What? To a bird that randomly lands near him in the parking lot where they were filming. <laughs> that is a good random trivia fact. There were a lot of um, character actors and, and people, like most of the people that are with the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, um, Ed and Mac and Timothy Amundsen and some other people from this episode have all been in Supernatural. Hmm. I don't know who they were, but they were definitely in it. Yeah, Ed and Mac are both pretty familiar character actors to me. Like, I've seen them both in many other things. But none of them surpass Mr. Elvis. Our very own Pierre Despereau. I love Pierre Despereau. I'm glad he comes back. I love this episode. There was no blueberry in this episode. And it makes there me very not. sad. There was there no was buzz. A cabbage. a cabbage. There was a carriage. <laughs> there was a cabbage. <laughs> well, we'll call it the cabbage. Because it's a cabbage. The cabbage. Okay. No, you're winning. I like this. Oh, so the uh, retcon of Pierre Despero. <laughs> um, he was not on Lassie's Wall in the episode Lassie did a bad, bad thing. It was the character from the episode and then like three crew members. Mm-hmm. And, but I love that they retconned it so that like he's there and Sean remembers it with his psychicness. Yeah. Um... I don't count that as a goof. I think it's just like, we're, we're doing what we got to do, baby. Stop paying mm-hmm. such close attention. Um, and I did see something that said that this was the second filmed episode, but the first one to air. So yes. I think we did know that. Yes, I, I saw that on the notes as well. Um, I wonder which, which one was kind of a perfect opener. I think. You know, very funny reoccurring bad guy huge guest star although the next episode's guest star is also huge did you see the name of the next episode is it like he did yeah it's exactly (laughs) he did (laughs) almost like she gone (laughs) i think this season i'm gonna find that i don't remember these episodes as well as i wish i did bum 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 because yeah well, a little bit of he dead is in my brain, but I can't really remember the plot line. I had no idea that Muffins was in this season, but that's awesome. Like this episode even. I saw like, the I, thumbnail for episode I three and my brain went, Muffins. <laughs> What's episode three? <laughs> um, the, it's, it's, it's going to be a trigger warning episode. I'll say that. Um, it's a, it's a, oh, what's the code we use? 1144. It's an 11:44 crime episode again, but it's the at the like the Catholic school with the priest and the things. So, yeah, that episode. Now I remember what I was trying to look up, girl. I so there was a voice in my head when I was being Despero that 
was not a man and was not Despero. Um, it was, I think it was a character from Dynasty. <laughs> <laughs> What's her name? Oh, it's, I gotta go back because they revamped the show and God, now it's only showing me stupid things for the new show. There it is. Um, Oh, what's that character's name? There's a there's a girl on TikTok who does a lot of makeup and hair stuff. And every once in a while, she and her friend will act out a scene from Dynasty. <laughs> and it's absolutely fabulous. Joan Collins as Alexis Carrington Holby. So I should have said it because it would have made me feel really good about myself. But everyone always told, always told me that that was where I got my name. That they thought my my parents named me after a soap character. Oh my god! Because the timing was right. My parents deny that that is where I got my name from, but did your Agreed. did your mom listen to Prince and watch Dynasty? Uh, probably. Let's. Just I love it. Oh, Joan Collins is everything. Oh, I love it. I love it. This was good. This was fun. We're back at it. Uh, in that case. I am Alexis. He's handsome. Dimples. Brooding eyebrows. But a man nonetheless. And I'm Kaylee. Sorry, Lassie, it's too late. Time for us to catch a thief! (laughs) And this has been... To To the the Blueberry! Blueberry! Psych out.